0: Welcome to Strange Talk. Hey, strangers. Welcome to another episode of This Week in Crime. Uh, this Week in Crime is a midweek segment that I bring to you guys, the listeners. I just talk about different... Oh, I hate the way I kind of squealed a little bit. Anyways, um, <clears throat> This Week in Crime is basically, if you're new to the podcast... Uh, podcast st- podcast i can i'm just mixing up all my words right now strange talk podcast is a true crime podcast dedicated to all things strange from conspiracies to true crime of murder serial killers although i haven't really done a serial killer in a long time since richard chase which was i think episode 10 so hint hint a serial killer might be coming up just who you may ask, I'm not too particularly sure anyways, um, so this week in crime is basically a midweek thing It happens every Wednesday where I bring you guys different articles from around the world or Good old America of just weird, strange shit that people do or things that are happening and um so yeah, uh, <laughs> that's it, I guess. Bye. Nah, I'm joking. So, um, I try not to make every intro of the show, like, cringy, but I really feel like it's super cringy. And I hate that because I literally just sit alone in my room and I record and I have a candle that I light to set the mood, give me my good old feng shui. But, uh, yeah, I feel like I always end up making it cringy. Oh well. Anyways, on to the first article of this week in crime. Okay, so this article comes comes pretty interesting. It's a it's a paranormal article. So, here we go. A grieving Atlanta mother said a spirit that looked like her deceased son was captured by her home security camera according to the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Jennifer Hodge, 57, said in a Facebook post that she was watching TV in her bedroom with her daughter when her Nest security system sent her a notification saying person spotted in entryway. For everyone who knows what my son looks like, they know what this looks sorry, they know that this looks just like him, beard and all, Hodge wrote in the post. This is what her fo- uh, Facebook post said. Last night, I was home alone with my youngest daughter watching a show in my bedroom. We started an hour-long episode at 11.15 p.m. and at 12.18 p.m. My daughter looked at my phone and saw a notification from our Nest security system saying, person spotted an entryway from 11.51 p.m. When we pulled up the image, this is what we saw. For everyone who knows what my son looks like, They know that this looks just like him, beard and all. When I went to the kitchen, the Nest camera was in flip out mode. I thought it was broken. Simply a strange night at the Hodge house to say the least. We have no clue what to think about all of this, but so happy to be able to know my beautiful boy is always with us. Please share this as this offers hope for so many. Hodge's son died of a drug-related death in 2016. We have no clue what to think about all of this, but I'm so happy to be able to be able to know my beautiful boy is always with us. That's a touching story i guess what a what a good way to start this uh episode <laughs> so this next article comes um it kind of comes as a shock to me because I don't think it's I don't think it's chocolate milk because. Those who know me personally, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know that I love chocolate milk. I don't care. I fucking love chocolate milk. My favorite. I'm not even going to go into that. But anyways, um, so this it, so this one is from Flagstaff, Arizona, turned into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory on Monday when a tanker truck spilled 300 sorry, 3,500 gallons. Of it across interstate forty, the river of chocolate flowed onto the highway's westbound lanes east of Flagstaff, near the two eleven mile marker. The state's Department of Public Safety tweeted, "There is a river of chocolate blocking flowing in the westbound lanes of i forty at a mile post tw- two eleven east of Flagstaff. A tanker truck carrying forty thousand gallons of liquid chocolate rolled over. This will be a sweet cleanup." The tanker was transporting around 40,000 pounds of 120-degree liquid chocolate. So that's, a. Uh, can you imagine that, though? Like... I wonder how, like... I wonder if that's going to, like, affect... I don't think it would, like, majorly affect the ecosystem within that area. Because, well, it could, because it could bring a bunch of bugs or, you know... Maybe to that particular area because of the sugar and everything. I mean, I wouldn't. know. I'm not really, like... Anyways. (laughs) So this next article is... A game of hide-and-seek took a deadly turn in Michigan's largest city during the weekend when a man apparently fell to his death in an abandoned building. Detroit police told Fox 2, the 21-year-old man was playing hide-and-seek with friends in a building at the closed Packard plant early Saturday morning, but his friends couldn't find him even after returning the next morning with flashlights to search for him. They eventually discovered his body in an elevator shaft on the first floor, covered in debris, and contacted authorities. The Packard property, which is made up of 45 buildings and a total of 3.5 million square feet, was purchased by a developer in 2014, with plans to eventually revitalize the property. While there, are plenty of no trespass- tra- While there are plenty of no trespassing signs on the property, there are also reportedly a lot of unlocked open doors. It's really hard to keep people out that want to get in, John George, co-founder of Blightbusters, told Fox 2. George's group of volunteers works to board up abandoned houses and buildings. The 21-year-old is believed to have fallen through an elevator shaft on the ninth floor of the building, according to police. While abandoned buildings may draw urban explorers with an adrenaline rush, the sites are no playground. Seriously, these are construction sites, demo sites, and you really need to approach them with a great deal of caution, he said. You know what's funny is because on... On YouTube, sometimes I will literally spend a good amount of time watching like urban explorer videos where people will exp- explore abandoned buildings. But the ones I tend to particularly watch are the ones of um, people who stumble upon like people. There's some. There's a lot where like people stumble upon like bodies. Like some of them are, most of them are fake. They're just there to just get more views or it's clickbait, I guess you can say. But there is one. <laughs> where it was a legit body, this guy found a body, it must have been like a dude overdosed on drugs, or a homeless man that just died there, but um, I guess he was walking in, um, it was like an abandoned hotel, and he was walking in there, and he just sees it, it looks like, it looks like somebody just rolled up a blanket, and put it on like a chair, but as he got closer to inspect it, he started touching it, and he pulled the blanket, and you could see a head, like the top of the head, and he freaked out, and he screams, and he, and he backs away a little bit and then he calls 911. Um, so it's crazy. Um, sometimes I do, I wouldn't mind like exploring abandoned places, but that's honestly like a, a fear I guess I have is like, I'll stumble upon something because I feel like I have really bad luck. So I'll probably stumble upon either like something I shouldn't be seeing and then I'm going to be wanted. You know, by whoever is committing whatever act they are committing, and they're going to hunt me down, or I'm just probably going to find a dead body, and I don't don't know. (laughs) I guess I have a lot of weird fears. So this next one is, a woman in China was recently diagnosed with a rare hearing loss condition that prevents her from hearing men's voices. I imagine there's a lot of ladies out there that would love to have this disease. The woman identified only as Chen recently woke up one morning and was unable to hear her boyfriend's voice. The Xi Men residents then rushed to the Quanpu hospital, hoping doctors there would be able to help her. Chen was subsequently diagnosed by an ear, nose, and throat specialist with a condition called reverse slope hearing loss, or RSHL, and it's a rare and it's rare, according to Tennessee's Thigpen Hearing Center. For every 12,000 cases of hearing loss, only one person has RSHL. In the U.S. and Canada, specifically, the condition affects roughly 3,000 people. Those with the condition typically have trouble hearing low-frequency sounds. She was able to hear me when I spoke to her, but when a young male patient walked in, she couldn't hear him at all. Lin zhuo the doctor who treated Shen Shen Jen, Shen <laughs> said, according to the Daily Mail, the condition is typically caused by genetics, according to the Hearing Center. Though noted, other factors can also lead to RSHL. Shen reportedly said she has recently been under a lot of stress and not getting an adequate amount of sleep, which Xiao Ping Xiao Ping, Xiao yeah, Zha, Xiao said could have been a contributing factor the night before she was unable to hear her boyfriend's voice chen also said she felt nauseous and had ringing in her ears she reportedly expect she's reportedly expected to fully recover (laughs) i just stumbled through every sentence that i i speak and read i am so sorry everyone (laughs) i feel like the more that i'm gonna podcast i feel like more and more like, listeners going to be like, wow, this dude's, like, really sad. <laughs> <That's what I've... laughs> I just feel like that. Anyways, um, thousands of dollars of park equipment had to be replaced... And a child's birthday party was canceled after a Florida woman allegedly spread human feces across tables and grills at an outdoor venue last month, according to police. The Sarasota County Sheriff's Office said 42-year-old Heather Carpenter, a substitute teacher at Philippi, Philippi Shores Elementary School, faces felony criminal mischief and property damage charges for the incident on December 1st. Deputy said Carpenter was seen placing human waste and fecal matter that's poo-poo <laughs> on the wooden tables and grills under the pavilion at Erfer Family Park in Sarasota. I want to say that's Ufer. I could be completely wrong either way. In Sarasota around 6:30 a.m. a man who was in the park at the time said he saw Carpenter was wearing a surgical mask and blue rubber gloves. Oh, so she was smart. She didn't want to get it on herself. When I realized what she did, I was shocked and appalled. He also said that Carpenter took off as soon as she realized she'd been caught. When I walked back over here to see what was going on, the smell hit me. I noticed that she did it to every table. Hutchinson told the television station, um wiped it on every table and it was on the ground yeah it was a mixture of urine and feces and she had it in a big cup and was just pouring it out and whipping it um whipping it in (laughs) wiping it in i mean i'm sorry i just why though i want to know why why (laughs) Deputies said that the principal of the elementary school had organized a birthday party at the park, oh, and had invited all the children in Carpenter's class, including the 42-year-old's child. The two were involved in some sort of dispute the week before the party. Oh, okay, so that makes sense, I guess. After being identified by witnesses, Carpenter admitted to intentionally placing the waste at the park with the intent of disrupting the party. The 42-year-old said she was displeased with how the principal was handling their dispute officials said that the county had to shell out over two thousand and three hundred dollars to replace the tables and grills including labor costs i guarantee you the majority of that money is probably coming from the labor costs not the actual equipment itself because if it's anything like mechanics they fucking charge you up the ass because of the labor (laughs) because the actual parts aren't that expensive all right moving on to the next article Members of a Georgia family returning home Wednesday after traveling over the holidays said they were stunned to find that a man they did not recognize had changed the locks and claimed the house was his Janice Henson said to her family's Marietta home wouldn't work her key sorry her key to her family's Marietta home wouldn't work when she tried the lock matters took a bizarre turn when a man in a wheelchair came to the door and told her to leave Henson said the stranger also claimed to have a gun Police were called, leading to a five-hour standoff between officers, a SWAT team, and the suspect. At one point, WSB reported the SWAT team broke down the door and sent in a robot to locate the suspect. The man identified as 26-year-old Nathaniel Jacob Knuckles. (laughs) Knuckles? That's like the Sonic the Hedgehog character. Knuckles! eventually surrendered to law enforcement. He was charged with felony first degree burglary and making terroristic threats as well as misdemeanor obstruction. He was being held in the Cobb County Jail in lieu of thirty three thousand dollars and two hundred and twenty I just said that number wrong thirty three thousand two hundred and twenty dollars bond. Henson told WSB she did not know how long Knuckles had been in their house, but she noticed that some of the family's belongings had been moved and all their food was gone he also left us notes thanking us for the key and thanking us for letting him live here and it was his house now henson told the station he moved all the pictures and emptied the drawers he was making this house his well i mean at least he said thank you you know he could have been an asshole and not you know i mean it seems like he was kind of like all he did was empty the drawers now they didn't really elaborate on or explain more if he threw all the contents within the drawers on the floor if he made a mess he could have been actually kind of a okay like guest he probably picked up the house a little bit tidied it up anyways but i imagine you know you wouldn't want a stranger in your home so the next article is um pretty interesting one well it's not super interesting but i find it kind of interesting because it reminds me of what's that movie um Oh my god, I just had that. Shawshank Redemption. Although they didn't necessarily do this, but it is about a prison escape. Hint, hint. Two inmates at a Michigan correctional facility could face charges after they apparently placed mannequin dummies in their beds as part of an alleged plan to escape. Shakarius Laurie, 24, and Darius Culpepper, 27, were spotted Why? While- Those names sound really fucking... They they don't sound like their normal names. I mean, Darius does, but... Darius Culpepper just sounds like a villain, like, in a fucking spaghetti western. Like, the the kind where they're like, Quaices! God, I feel that's so cringy. Darius Culpepper, 27, were spotted walking toward a fence by an officer at the Macabre Correctional Facility in New Haven around 6pm on Saturday. Officials at the prison, which houses prisoners at various security levels, conducted an emergency inmate count, during which the makeshift dummies were discovered. Michigan Department of Corrections spokesperson Chris Gotts, who did not immediately respond or request for comment, told the news outlet that the cellmates claimed they were going to fight, but because they put stuff in their beds, we certainly treat it as an attempted escape attempt. So I guess they weren't actually going to fight. I mean I'm sorry, they I guess they weren't gonna escape, they were just they just did that so they can go outside and fight. They never got more than ten feet from the fence and they were never they never touched the fence he said the staff was incredibly alert and responded right away the public was never in danger laurie was sentenced in 2015 to 25 years in prison for assault with intent to commit murder and culpepper was sentenced in 2016 to eight years for armed robbery man do you- i have a question because it kind of relates to prison i'm not saying that i would But this is something I do think about it. I wonder, like, if if you... Do you ever think, like, could I survive prison? I mean, I know I couldn't because I rely too much on fucking technology. I rely too much on my phone and the internet. So I imagined I would probably die (laughs) in prison. Or just probably be somebody's bitch. A man end okay, here's the next article. A man ended up starting twenty nineteen in the hospital after he wound up impaled on a deer statue in a traffic circle in Philadelphia. The incident happened around four PM on Tuesday at the Ekins Oval, located across the street from the famed Philadelphia Museum of Art. Police said the man, 21, climbed onto the Washington Monument in the middle of the Oval when he slipped and fell on the antlers of a deer statue. After falling, the left side of the man's body was impaled on the deer statue, causing a laceration and bleeding, according to officials. He was taken to a nearby hospital where he was listed in stable condition. The Washington Monument was originally unveiled in 1897 in the city's Fairmont Park before being relocated to the Oval in 1928 after the completion of the Benjamin Franklin Parkway. The monument's lower level is surrounded by flora and fauna of the U.S., which includes a moose, buffalo, bear, and alligator, according to the group. Not sure why they wanted to add that piece of information in, but I guess why not? <clears throat> so this article was actually sent to me by a listener. So thank you for always we sent. Actually, he sends me a lot. So thank you very much for sending me the articles. I didn't have time to feature every single article and I apologize for that. But uh, hey, I'll save them for the next one. I'll save them for the next one. So here's the last final, final article. It's actually a very interesting one and kind of weird. In a new case study, Irish doctors report the baffling case of a 33 year old man who injected his own semen intravenously for a year and a half, a self developed cure intended to treat his chronic back pain. It does not appear to have worked. <laughs> After reportedly injecting semen into his arm every month for 18 months, the man finally sought medical attention, but not for his arm. The patient instead complained of severe sudden onset lower back pain, having lifted a heavy still object three days beforehand. During his checkup, the doctor found a patch of red swelling on his right forearm, after which the man admitted he'd been injecting himself with his own semen using a hypodermic needle he purchased online. This time around, he had injected three doses of semen entering both his blood vessels and his muscles. This is the first reported case of semen injection for use as medical treatment. The doctors at Adelaide and Meth Hospital in Ireland wrote in the case study titled Semenly Harmless Back Pain. Oh, those doctors are fucking comedians over there. An unusual presentation of a um, substantious abscess published in the Irish Medical Journal. The swollen region grew and hardened around the area on his arm where he injected his semen. And an X-ray revealed an area of trapped air beneath the man's skin. The doctors immediately hospitalized the patient, treating him with an intravenous antimicrobial antimicrobial, Oh my God! I cannot say this word. Antimicrobial therapy. There you go. After the thank you, thank you. After the patient's back pain improved. He discharged himself. The doctors performed a search of the medical literature and beyond, revealing not a single case of intravenous semen injecting for back pain. According to the case study, although there is a report of the effects of subcutaneous um, semen injection into rats and rabbits, there were no cases of intravenous semen injection into humans found across the literature. A search of more eclectic internet sites and forums found no other documentation of semen injection for back pain treatment or other uses. Attempts at intravenous and arterial injection of harmful substances such as mercury, gasoline, charcoal, lighter fluid, and hydrochloric acid, and hydrocarbon are well described and are generally carried out in attempted suicide as opposed to the case detailed above in which the patient was aiming to relieve physical discomfort. So apparently, I guess all those chemicals that I said were used to commit suicide with. This isn't the first time we've seen something like this. Perhaps this case reminds you of Aaron Triwick, the deceased biohacker who once gave himself an unregulated herpes treatment in front of a crowd. Wow. The doctors behind the new case study note that the semen-injecting patient demonstrates the risks... Of experimenting on yourself prior to safety assess clinical research so in other words guys don't inject your semen don't don't do it no matter how bad you want to do it <laughs> it's just funny because one of the article because you know like some of the the websites they they allow you to comment and I guess one person commented saying is this truly what we've come to anyways so thank you for joining me on this short episode of this week in crime i hope you guys enjoyed the articles nonetheless and i know i have very sloppy pronunciation and i just stumble a lot through my words i stammer i guess a little bit but nonetheless i love to bring you guys i love to bring you guys the news i guess maybe some articles that you haven't heard so having said that follow me on Instagram at strange talk podcast and you can always send me a DM there if you have an interesting news article that you stumble upon send it my way I will gladly love to use it in an episode and if you would like I can shout you out if you're the one that sent it to me so just let me know um, if you don't have an Instagram and you don't or you don't want me to have your Instagram you know because you like your privacy I guess you can go ahead and send me it via email at strange talk podcast at outlook.com I'll be happy to take it off your hands from there. Um, So, yes, I recently um, started a Patreon. So that's a thing that I have now. I don't have a lot of tiers. I only have two tiers right now. It starts at a dollar, and the other one is at five dollars. Those are each a month. So, you know, if you don't have the cash, you don't have the moolah right now, that's fine. You can go ahead and just always help me out by way of just spreading the word of Strange Talk Podcast. Um... That helps me out a bunch. You know what also helps me out too? By going to iTunes and leaving me a nice review. Or if you want to leave me a hate, I don't fucking care. Whatever you want to do. As long as it's truthful and you really enjoy the show, why not say it by way of reviewing it and you know, giving me five stars and making my life a little less miserable. But seriously... So I recently hit a 1,000 followers, I believe I think I'm at a 1,010 right now on Instagram, so that's awesome. So because I reached a 1,000 followers, I'm going to be doing another giveaway. I still don't have the details yet as of right now, as of this recording, I don't have the details yet of what I'm going to be doing exactly. I will be giving away something obviously, because that's a point of a giveaway. Um, I just don't know what I'm gonna be giving away. Uh, the last giveaway I gave which was when I hit 200 followers which is kind of a short number if you think about it but hey why not. Um, so technically hey man I came a long way I guess on Instagram I'm at a thousand ten now so that's pretty cool that's exciting that that's a, a new feeling sometimes I don't know what to do with it because my personal count that I have on Instagram I only have like 200 and something, and I'm like, wow, I have a thousand something on there, but anyways, um, that's another story, but uh, so yeah, I'll be doing a giveaway, um, just make sure that you're following me on Instagram at Shock Podcast, so that way you know what to do when I do give the details out, but I will be doing, I'll probably give the details out on Monday's episode when that comes out, I'll let you guys know, and don't worry, I'm going to be posting it on my Instagram as well, so make sure you're staying up to date with me, and follow me. On there, but yeah. So um, back to the Patreon thing. I have the Patreon up, so go ahead and you know you can look me up at Patreon.com. Slash strange talk podcast you'll find it there. I will be linking it in the description notes of the show if anybody actually reads those because sometimes I don't really think anybody does. One, one day, I'm not going to say when, it could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be a year from now. I'm going to just write a bunch of gibberish, some weird fucked up shit to see if anybody actually reads it. But if not ah you guys will never know so anyways uh thank you for joining me on this episode of this week in crime uh stay tuned for monday's episode um i'm probably going to be having uh my co-host from Talk Nerdy to me um uh ripsaw710 he's probably going to be joining me on that episode so that's always cool to have him so hopefully you guys enjoy having him on there as well so till next time stay strange